Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hangovers and Hand Grenades. Unfortunately, Justin Kabaziak was not able to join me again because he has parental duties. But thankfully, I was able to scrounge up somebody else to take his place momentarily. So, let's get this party started. Man, I never get sick of hearing that. So, let me get this show started by introducing the person that was so willing to jump in at the very last minute and help co-host this episode. Sean, make yourself known. Hey, Sean Kohler here. How well, are you doing, Nick? Doing well, Sean. Thank you again for being able to join me on such short notice. It quite literally was like the 11th hour, and I just put up a Facebook post. It was like, can anyone help me, please? It's a good thing I actually pay attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when you post something on Facebook and like you you're genuinely looking for responses and people just like like it and then just move on and I'm like wow that was a huge waste of my time because now I got this notification and it meant nothing. Like you acknowledged the post and just moved on. Why even spend the time clicking on like? What did you like about that? <laughs> what the the worst the worst ones are actually when you put a post on Facebook and like you're actually looking for somebody to do something or you're looking for some information, but then they don't see it until it's three days later and then they say something. And you're like, I could have used that information 72 hours ago, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Facebook algorithm. Yeah, right? Like I feel so weird when I'm on Facebook and I'll like like somebody's post and I'll realize that it was like from yesterday or the day before. And now I just feel like I I don't want to be coming across like I'm a creeper. It's not like I went on your page and started digging through your shit. Like I just that's just the way the Facebook news feed works these days, unfortunately. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're getting a you're getting a, a messenger from them and they're like, Hey man, why are you lurking? Yeah, right? Like what the hell? You have a girlfriend. Leave me alone. But anyways, enough about what we're doing on Facebook. Let's talk about what we're doing in quarantine. And since everybody knows what I've been doing in quarantine, let's talk about what you've been doing, Sean. What have you been up to in this quarantine like state? Now that we've entered phase one, or at least you guys have, Albany Albany's on its way to phase one, but I think Finger Lakes area has has moved into phase one. Uh, I, don't, I honestly haven't even been paying attention to what the phases are. I just I heard that we were supposed to go into phase two, and then like at literally the last second, Quam was like, "No, no, 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 not yet. We're not ready yet." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the kid running up to the pool to jump in for a cannonball, and then he just stops at the last second and just kind of like dips his toes in. <laughs> so very true. So what have you been doing then? Instead of paying attention to whatever the phases are or what's going on, what have you been up to with your your uh, quarantine life then? Uh, you know, pretty much just living my life the same way I was before. Uh, I I avoid people. I, I'm immunocompo even before the like, hey, just don't come close to me. <laughs> really? So I didn't realize you yeah, were immunocompromised. Uh, well, not because of the multiple sclerosis, the treatment from the multiple sclerosis. That's why I'm immunocompromised. Oh, so the treatments got what what what's got you down? Yeah. So one of the things that they can do. Uh, okay. So the first thing they do for multiple sclerosis is they do 
uh, plasma exchange to try and like flush out your system so it stops attacking itself. And then if that doesn't work and the lesions in your brain get larger, then they do chemotherapy and they basically just just completely shut off your immune system. Really? And yeah, that's unfortunately the section that I got to. It was it was hey, let's try the, that didn't work, and I ended up back in the hospital again. And the doctors like. Well, since it didn't work that time, let's just do the chemo. We're going to completely wipe out your immune system, and you're going to have to keep coming back every six months and get another round. Jesus. For All right. So then that's what you've been doing with your quarantine is going to the doctors every six months? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's just and, – and I actually have to go back again get another MRI to get, uh, get another brain scan because uh, things just started getting worse out of nowhere. Um, and it, it could just be the stress of, Hey, I could walk outside and die. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of got it going on, but there's just so many things that now, now my life has changed because of this stupid freaking disease. Well, yeah, I mean, MS, I'm not terribly familiar with MS, but I, you know, again, we actually know each other, uh, through a mutual acquaintance from, you know, four years, five years ago. Now I, I can't remember the last time I saw you in person, unfortunately, but I remember I met you. And we were kind of talking about this prior to the, uh, before we kicked off the episode, that last time I saw you, you were standing, and we went bowling, and then next thing I know, you know, a couple of years go by, and I see on Facebook that you're in the hospital for almost two, three months, I think it was, and then you're oh, in a wheelchair. Actually... <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was actually in the hospital four months. You were in the hospital for so four was... months? Yeah, from from the beginning of August to uh, almost to the end of October. It was almost four. Is that four months or is that three months? I don't remember. Oh man, it's all good. <laughs> I gotta stop smoking. It's, it's, My it's, no, it's it's all fine. It's fine, man. <laughs> it's just crazy to think that you were in a hospital for that long, because it wasn't it like um, an, yeah. it was an anomaly at first, right? Because they didn't exactly know what the issue was. It sounded like. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the first post I made about it was how crazy it is that you can have a stroke at the age of 32 because I, I went into the hospital uh, a little after midnight and I wake up the next morning. I, I went to the hospital because I, I couldn't keep my balance. I was just kind of like falling all over the place. Um, I, I was slurring my speech. It was ridiculous. I thought I was drunk or people thought I was drunk and I wasn't. Um, so then I called an ambulance. I went to the hospital. I fell asleep, and first thing I I heard at four o'clock in the morning was the doctor telling me, "Well, you had a stroke. We just can't tell when." What? They can pinpoint when you have a stroke, like at time frame, like there's a timestamp on these things. Apparently so, but I I just told him, you know, me being the smart aleck that I am, I was like, "Well, I'm I'm thinking sometime around uh, four o'clock in the afternoon yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I guess give them your best bet. Like, what What can you do? <laughs> That's insane to think, though, that at one one moment you're fine, and then the next minute, without even touching a drop of alcohol, having everybody think that you're drunk when really you're suffering from a stroke. That blows my freaking mind, that it can well, happen and, that quickly. And that's the worst part about it is because – it looked like a stroke, and and that's the thing with multiple sclerosis is it it will look like a stroke until like a neurologist or somebody who's seen it before 
takes a look at it and they say, um, it might not be a stroke. And then you go through a whole gambit of tests after that. I, dude, I had MRIs out the wazoo. I had ultrasounds. I had CAT scans. The worst possible thing, I had to have a spinal tap done. Oh, God. You see those in the movies. They look terrifying. I mean, are they really, oh. are they bad in real life? The worst part isn't when they actually do the spinal tap. It's after the fact because if you sit up too quick, like all the, the fluid just kind of like drops. Ugh. Ugh. In, in the, <laughs> yeah, it's so, so think of like a, think of like a beer, actually. Think of a beer. Okay, I will. Here, let me open up one. Go ahead. <laughs> do your thing. Yeah, tell me about so, it. <laughs> so, so drink the liquid down like a quarter of the way of the beer and then put your hand on the top and flip it over. All the liquid goes to the bottom and then you have that airspace at the top. That's yeah. essentially what happens with your spine when you have a spinal tap. All that liquid just goes to the bottom and now you don't have any protection on your brain. And um, my problem was if... If I laid all the way back, like flat on my back, I would just immediately start vomiting. And that was for like an entire week. I couldn't eat. I lost, oh my God, I lost a total of 44 pounds going into the hospital before I, until the day I left. I lost 44 pounds altogether. I was going to say, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. You got a little chubby when you were at the hospital, though. <laughs> you looked like you gained a little <laughs> bit of weight there. So it looks like you recovered yeah. You recovered well from all the weight that you lost. It was actually, um, that was that was the medication. The, the first round of medication that they gave me, was a, it was a steroid, so it made me puff up. It made me look like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. <laughs> mm -hmm. It did, because you were doing, at that yeah. point, you were doing a lot of, um, like Facebook Live and the, or just videos in general, kind of documenting your, um, you know, your your journey through dealing with these diagnoses that you you never saw coming, you know. Um, yeah. And, and it was really and, cool. And I remember. Go ahead. I was gonna say I remember uh, playing with the tubes in my neck. <laughs> I remember doing that video. Neck? I did not watch that one. I'm sorry. What the hell were you doing with tubes in your neck? So for the plasma exchange, they, they do what's called a plex catheter. They insert two tubes into the vein and artery in your neck, and then they run them all the way down into your chest. Why? You can just, uh, for plasma? <laughs> what part of that has anything to do with plasma transfer? They're, they're pulling the blood out of your body cycling all the plasma out of it, putting new plasma into it, and then putting it back into your body. Why can't they just do that through your arm? Why do they have to go into your neck? Because, well, they want to do, they want to do it faster. They want to do it quicker. It's, it's kind of like an oil change for your, for your blood. Got it. So they tap into the biggest artery they can find to get the most blood out as quick as possible. Exactly. They're just giving you a high-speed oil change. Mm, God, that is just the worst. <laughs> I would rather take the slow yeah. drip, please. Like, call me a hipster. <laughs> I'll take the slow drip any day of the week, though. Like, give me the pour over. I'll I'll survive. Just hook me up. They got comfy chairs. It looks like for kidneys, for the dialysis machines. Those chairs look awesome. <laughs> I'll sit in that for eight hours and have my blood taken out of my body, ran through a machine, and put back in because my organs are failing. I'd like to think that I would do that. I probably wouldn't have the patience to do that. It's incredible that you have the resilience to still be, you know, doing as much as you are, 
Um, you were very vocal during that time. You still are very vocal about your progress. Like you were making videos of you uh, challenging yourself to stand up, even which is something that we all take for granted so often. That and you've pointed that out as well through your videos. Yeah, I mean it's it's the littlest things that you just take for granted that when you when you get taken away from you and you just you get this sudden realization of man that was that was such a small thing when I could do it and now it's just when all of a sudden that gets taken away from you it's like it's like trying to split atoms in, in, in and what, it just feels in, like in, it's impossible oh, okay well we we did split atoms i mean we have the the terrible terrible uh, you know things that we've done throughout history to prove that we split atoms so i mean that's needless to say that it won't be impossible for you to ever stand and walk again, right? I mean, you might have to have assistance, I assume, but I don't know much about MS. <laughs> well, it's it's been about nine months since since it happened, and I'm I'm glad to say that I am able to walk to a point. Um, I do have to walk with a cane, but I mean, I can walk like, like almost a mile. Oh wow! Without having to just sit down. Well, that's huge progress for you then. Going from bedridden in a hospital to a wheelchair without even having the the ability to get up and walk and take a piss to being able to walk a mile with a cane. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, congratulations oh, yeah, on your journey thus far, and I, I I hope the best for you in the journey on the back half of this whole thing. Thank you. Yeah, man, it's 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 been nothing but a ride. So the the biggest question that's- that I have for you before before we really do a deep dive into this is. Do you have plans on getting a really cool cane? And if so, what is it going to look like? And what is it going to hold inside of it? Like a gun or a knife? Or like, is it just going to be a plain old Jane kind of cane? Like, what kind of cane are you going to get? Uh, well, just for the record, in New York State, it is illegal to have a cane sword. That does not mean I always follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I don't think any cops are going to be listening to this. I would hope not. Uh, but a a uh, a friend of my mom's was uh, was working on something for me. She said it was a surprise. I have no idea, but it's it's a wood cane. Um, and I've seen some of the work that she does online. She does really good uh, carving and stuff like that. Uh, problem with that is she actually just chopped one of her fingers off with a miter saw yesterday. Jesus God! <laughs> wow. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't know who to blame on that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. Is she able to get it sewn back on or is it just a goner? Like, did she just lose like a whole finger or was it half a finger? Well, luckily enough, um, I, I did get an update from her. They were able to take a uh, cadaver bone and nerve and put the finger back together. God. So she has a dead person's bone and nerve in her hand. Oh my God! Science and medical stuff these days is just <laughs> way, way too creepy for me. Like, I again, I just can't wrap my head. I'm 32 as well, and I can't wrap my head around half the medical anomalies that are happening now, or I should say, medical advances that we have. It just doesn't make sense to me, like that they can do that now. They could just take somebody's dead finger and sew it on, and like take bits and pieces of it and sew your finger back on, thanks to that cadaver. Like, it is scary 
the level of <laughs> the uh, medical advancement that we've made. Now, granted, for somebody like you um, that is suffering from such a terrible disease that's robbed you of, of you know, a normalcy that you have to now pretty much struggle to you know, regain, sure, the medical advancements are great because it might bring you some sort of normalcy back that was taken away from you so abruptly um, without having to oh, struggle no, it's for it. It's still freaking weird. Right? Isn't it? I'm telling you. They're gonna, the next thing you know, they're going to take like a cadaver's brain, cut it in half, and like take the bits out that you need to make your synapses fire correctly and, 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 and shove it into your head. You know what I mean? It's fucking weird. <laughs> this is oh, coming yeah, from the guy. You know, be... <laughs> Go ahead. I was just saying, next thing you know, we're going to be snorting brain matter. <laughs> right? Tell me about it. Like, you know, what's – here's the, the sad thing. I have to openly admit – a lot of people are like, what would you rather lose, like an arm or a leg? And I always say a leg because I could not imagine the prosthetics for like an arm being anything worthwhile. I mean worthwhile in the sense of like, you know, daily activity life. Like a lot of the prosthetics for arms are not nearly as advanced as other prosthetics are. But I really I can't help myself but say like if I lost my leg from like the kneecap down, I would absolutely buy one of those sweet prosthetic legs that has like the tattoos and everything on it because like I would I, that would be the saddest part is that I would lose all my tattoos. Like that's why I don't want to lose a limb because I think about my tattoos in such a way. Like if I ever <laughs> lost a limb, I would cry because of my tattoos being gone. And, and speaking of tattoos, uh, if I remember, you and I have the same tattoo in the same spot. What is it? The Autobot symbol, right uh, right pectoral. Hold on. I got to look at my chest to remember. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, we do. That's so weird. I forgot about that. We I, have I matching tattoos like the, without ever knowing each other. We just kind of like, what? I said we got matching tattoos without ever knowing each other. Right, yeah, I was going to say, that was the big thing, like, with the two of us. We're like, oh, hey, you got this tattoo, so do I. Ah. <laughs> Let's go bowling. And Let's then go I drunk and bowling. Yes, exactly. I immediately just got so hammered, like I do in so many public situations, because I'm not good at, like, I have, like, terrible social anxiety, and I reach to booze to help me, like, cope with it. So, like, anytime, like, I just did this the other day and made a real ass of myself, but I blacked out at a party. And, like, I live with that regret, like, and so that compounds my drinking on top of it. I'm just like, I can't live with this this terrible feeling that I made a fool of myself. I better just drink it away. So, there's people... Well, and that's... <laughs> there's people like me who continue to compound their problem, and then there's people like you who try to overcome their problems. <laughs> and and what I was, I was actually going to say, uh, that's a been one of the few godsends with this disease is because of it i've now i've quit smoking cigarettes i do not drink anymore because if uh with the cigarettes i quit because um smoking in itself can cause you to have uh a flare-up which i do not want to go through that again Mm. um i i don't drink anymore uh not that i did much before but i don't drink anymore at all because i'm on a anti-seizure medication and if i mix that with alcohol there's a good chance i might not wake up jesus (laughs) so that's like it's like okay i had to quit smoking now i'm i don't have any choice but i can't quit i can't drink anymore either so it's like 
two of the things that could possibly kill me don't really have a chance to kill me anymore. I mean, I mean this in the nicest way possible. Again, I'm talking to somebody like you that's going through a very real like situation, whereas I just create situations for myself. Uh, but if, if I could not have nicotine and booze in my life, I quite literally don't know if I would be the same person. Like, I think I might just roll over and die without those things. Like, I'm, I'm the equivalent of Archer. Like, the cumulative hangover and lack of nicotine will literally kill me. Like, I, I just might as well just, like, I can't do it. I can't imagine a world where I'm not smoking and drinking. Like, if I was ever straight edge, I, I don't know how I would function as a human being. <laughs> And that's a really sad thing to say. Like, I probably should go to a therapist and be like, hey, listen, I really don't understand what it's like to not be addicted to several chemicals at once. But, I mean, hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's part of what I had to do when, when you know, this all went down is, you know, I had to do therapy. And, and a big part of that was, uh, you know, like we were talking about before, it was, uh, was music. Yeah. So th- tell me a little bit about, you know, In a previous episode, for anybody that's been listening to the podcast, Sean has openly admitted that he does not listen to our podcast, so i got to tell him about what I'm going to say from a previous episode. But music really, at one point in my life, helped me overcome a lot of difficult situations when there was massive changes in my life. Um, Nothing to the extreme that you've been dealing with. Um, More or less, mine was like moving from one city to another, um and, and and adjusting to a new lifestyle in a new setting but for you i have to imagine that music had a much more profu- much more profound impact on your motivation to keep going well <clears throat> when i first went into the hospital i i had no idea what was going on i was just kind of like oh you know i'm gonna get better i'm gonna get better 19 days later i'm going out of the hospital and um in a wheelchair and I'm thinking, Oh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get back. I'm going to get through this. And six days after I went home, I started having pain back in the hospital again. I'm immediately back in the hospital. And, uh, I had a big issue with, uh, my right side and, and my right side was what first, uh, I, I lost everything. I couldn't move my arm or my leg on the right side. And then when I went into the hospital the second time, it flip-flopped. So I got my right side back, and then I lost my left side. My my left arm and my left leg completely shut down on me. And that confused the hell out of the doctors, uh, confused the hell out of me. And I also found out that because of all the medication they had me on, I had developed a kidney stone. So... They held me in observation. They started doing more tests, more MRIs, uh, the whole gamut all over again. I had to get tubes in my neck again to do the plasma exchange. So that sucked. And then I found out I was going to be in there for a long, long time. And uh, this was also when I when I discovered uh, uh, Spotify, the music app there. And uh, I, just, I just started listening to all of it, all the music I could find, everything. I was just reaching for for something to kind of speak to me. And uh, the, the band that I found, uh, I don't know if you, if you know them or if you, you listen to them often or anything like that, it's uh, Rise Against. Oh, yeah, I used to listen to Rise Against back in high school, man. 
Those guys were my like they yeah. were the anthem for me back then. I haven't listened exactly, to them since. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I was a big Rise Against fan, yes. Are they still it, around? Exactly. When was the last time they dropped yes. an album? Uh, 2018, I think, actually. No shit! I guess they would yeah, be, like, one of those bands that, like, survived after all these years, like Nickelback. You know what I mean? Like, just those bands. Uh, you know, Who else was from back then? Fucking All American uh, Rejects was another one that I used to listen to yep. a ton. Oh my god, Rise Against and, and All American Rejects. I used to listen to Trapped because Headstrong was, like, a thing. I'm just like, Headstrong cool. was like such a great, great song whenever you wanted to get amped up and you didn't know what like halfway decent music was. And I say that because I'm an asshole, but y- there's <laughs> such better music to get amped up to than Traps Headstrong. Um, but needless to say, yes, I know Rise Against. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I remembered, um, you know, when my grandmother passed away back in, back in 2019 or uh, not 2019, 2009. Um, I remember back, back, uh, way back then that, uh, you know, prayer for the refugee on guitar hero three, just jamming out to that. And that was like my therapy back then. And I was like, let's, let's see what they got. And, um, I just started, you know, started listening to all the rise against all the albums, all the music that they had, you know, that they had come out with since then. And, uh, the song Miracle by them just it just leapt right at me because there was a line in there that is the second I heard it, and I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna be afraid to admit this, I started bawling. And and I'm not talking like like <laughs> kinda cry, I'm talking like snot nosed like just the nurses were running in thinking something was wrong, kind of crying. Because it was this line, they said, um, when the weight we carry breaks us, we're tempted to stay down. But every road to recovery starts at the breakdown. Hmm. And, you know, with everything that I was going through then, hearing that line, it just kind of... It just kind of told me, hey, man, it it doesn't matter how hard it is or or how heavy that weight feels. <clears throat> Sorry. No, you're you've, good, man. You've got to get up and you've got to put that one foot in front of the other because nobody's going to do it for you. And uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't think I had. Uh, mentioned this um, I've got three kids so in my head I was saying to myself if I give up what kind of an example am I setting for them and from then on you know it's just been it's been an uphill battle and like I said in in nine months I've managed to be able to get up and walk finally well I have to say Sean for a guy that said that he would not be interesting enough to come on this show I have to say you've been more than interesting enough to share your story and how music helped you get to where you are today. And with everything else that's going on in the world, it's really awesome to hear such a great success story because literally as the world burns around us, um, you know, between the riots and, and the COVID and, and 
just all the controversy out there that I don't want to get into, honestly. I just, I'm trying to keep politics as far away from this show as I possibly can. Because there's just too much, there's too much that you can, you, people can argue about. And you know what? Just, I need a safe space away from all the political things that are happening in the world. Because, I don't know, for me, it just keep me in a little bubble. If you can just keep that little bubble, that one little safe space where nobody can enter into and just kind of like, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, just spout whatever garbage comes out of their mouth about their opinions towards politics. Um, because, listen, I get it. Everybody's got a viewpoint, and I respect everybody's viewpoints, but let's just for like five minutes remember that there's more out there than you know, the politics and, and all the crap happening in the world and that there is people out there like such as yourself that are dealing with everyday struggles that are probably more concerned about what they're going to be trying to do the next day rather than whose store got robbed because of Cuomo. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. But that's just me. That's just me. That was my little, my little ending rant there. But, you know... In, in all honesty, again, Sean, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and, and sharing your story. I mean, like with these trying times, um, there's so much that this episode has to offer to so many people out there. Of just remember, despite how difficult everybody's everybody's going through some difficult shit. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is that every day is a new challenge, whether it be great or small. You know, with with me, it's just being able to get up and and run my warehouse. Like that's that's my challenges right now. I'm I'm running a warehouse on the most minimal staff that a warehouse can run on, um, just because of this whole COVID thing. And I have to work twice as hard to make sure that my team is successful and that the warehouse is successful and that the company is successful. That's my challenge. And whoever's listening to this might have their own challenges no matter how big or small. And Sean, I think that you sharing your story reminds people that never give up on the fact that you can overcome these obstacles, no matter how big or small they are. Never give up on yourself. I think that's that's the moral I'm walking away with today is that you never know what tomorrow could bring. Like you said yourself, you literally went from zero to 60, essentially, overnight and that can happen to anybody in any degree it's not just a matter of losing your ability to walk it could be losing your job it could be dealing with addictions it could be whatever and i think that the 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 big thing that we have to walk away from the story is that remember that you can always find solace in various things and sometimes that's music and i think that like you had said there's certain things that maybe if you just go out on a limb and try something new, listen to something different, check out the lyrics, it might speak to you in a way that you never really thought possible. I know there's definitely a few bands out there that did that for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. So in normally we are interviewing uh, like musical guests or uh, you know people that are in bands and stuff like that. I, I guess in closing, Sean, um, is there anything that you want to promote of yourself? Is there any instruments that you play? Is there anything that you're doing actively that you might want to share? 
Uh, I wish, honestly, uh, I, I really wish there was something that I was doing uh, more than, uh, you know, just focusing on my recovery. Um, but it, if I could add just a little bit to like what you were saying. Um, oh, absolutely. With, with your, Go for it, man. Closing arguments there. Uh, it's actually, it's another lyric from Rise Against. Um, it, it goes, despite the overwhelming odds, tomorrow came. And to me, that just kind of speaks volumes as to, yeah, there's there's buildings burning in Michigan. There's uh, unrest in the White House. There's just, uh, you know, there's politics everywhere. And, you know, you got politics going on in your own house. I've lost more than half my friends list because of this, you know, all the stuff that's going on. But tomorrow is still going to come. You're, you're still going to see that sunrise and you just got to, that's the way you got to play it. Just fight to the next sunrise. So very true. So very true. Just keep, just keep pushing through, man. That's all there is. What more can you do? What more can you ask of yourself out of life than to just try and dig deep and, and fight on through to the next day? You know, it gets, it's nobody ever said that it was going to be easy. You just gotta, I don't know, find that strength hidden deep inside of you and ring it out for all it's worth. And if life was going to be easy, we'd all be born with a billion dollars, right? <laughs> I wish <laughs> I was. That's for fucking sure. Well, Sean, we're doing kind of a new format here, so we're trying to keep these episodes about half length of what we were doing before. I know we were recording about hour-long episodes, and everybody was kind of like, boring. So we're going to start keeping these at about half hour now. Um, again, thank you so much for joining me. I can't say it enough. You really saved my ass today while Justin was sitting on his ass. Not really. He was taking care of his kid. I can't say that... He's uh, not participating, um, and I do apologize to anybody who is actively listening to the podcast on a regular basis that we missed our Memorial Day episode. Um, we wound up recording another B-side, if you will, that I got too drunk on and kind of screwed up everything. So that all being said, just make sure that you keep tuning in to us. We're actually going to be starting to look to do live episodes on youtube um in the coming weeks here uh we're kind of putting things together that is going to help expand our audience a little bit more and uh you know just kind of we're still feeling it out you know we we have that luxury right now where we we have a small enough base that we can kind of figure out what we want to do and where we want to go so we're going to kind of leverage that for all it's worth until we become rich and famous off of a podcast which is never going to happen but that's okay but anyways, Sean, again, thank you so much. Hey, anytime. I'm going to hold you to that because there might be another time. <laughs> so in closing, make sure you check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere that you can get a podcast. Essentially, you can find us. We're also on SoundCloud. Stay safe. Don't be stupid. Just because we're flattening the curve doesn't mean that you can go out there and be dumb. Isn't that right, Sean? Absolutely. Think of others. Don't Where, just think about yourself, you selfish bastards. Absolutely. Wear your mask or I might smack you with my cane if I see you. There it is. All right. <laughs> Enjoy, everyone. Until next time, I'm Nick Bono. Oh, I'm Sean Kohler. And this has been an episode of Hangovers and Hangar Days. Have a good night. Bye. When the weight we carry breaks.